Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How did the Lakers pull the trade for Anthony Davis off? Which team won the trade? What does this mean for the rest of the NBA? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Emergency LeBron James Anthony Davis Team-Up Trade Podcast. As always, I'm joined by Jared Weiss to go over this stuff before we have a host of other people to come in and weigh in on this subject. So, Jared, what's your first initial impression of this trade? Who won? Holy crap. Uh, it was a win-win trade. Uh, well, I mean, so the Pelicans got a great haul, I would say, in that they got a potential you know, all-star and Ingram who, if he gets healthy in, you know, this year and gets, you know, moves on from the issues he's dealing with should be a potential all-star Josh Hart, really good rotation player. And, you know, Lonzo ball, I don't know what to think of him right now, but I really like Lonzo ball. And hopefully he probably this year will play off ball next to drew holiday. If they keep drew holiday and then, they um, that kind of maximizes his potential and they have an incredible defensive uh, potential on that team there. Uh, and then they get the number four pick, which I pr- think they're probably going to flip. I mean, they could use it on they could use it on Jared Culver. There's a few options they could use it there. But the number four pick is generally considered the um, you know, isn't really considered that valuable in this draft. You know, most people f- feel like the talent, you know, drops off precipitously after two and then three, really. Uh, so. I think it makes the most sense for them to continue to try to shop it. David Griffin has been shopping the summer four pick for a while during these trade talks. And I guess at this point he figured he's just ready to trade for that pick and then make whatever deal he's going to be making soon. So there's that. And then they're going to get two more first, which as of our recording has not been reported yet, but I would imagine it's going to be like a 2024 first rounder in 26 or something like that like they i think the pelicans probably want those first round picks way out at this point because you know they they have zion and they have another you know whatever the number four pick turns into they already have you know enough depth in their rotation as is include you know and the guys that got in the trade that they're like a they're pretty complete Right. Well, I mean, complete is an interesting take, depending on, again, if Ingram can come back and be healthy and and fit in. I like Lonzo Ball um, in in that Steve Nash role of the Phoenix or the Gentry kind of thing that they had, which kind of means that maybe Drew Holiday is gone and maybe they want they kind of want to start new without him. Although, again, they I do feel like you could have a Drew Holiday Lonzo Ball backcourt and that could actually work pretty nicely, too, if they're in that win now mode. Um, And I really do like Jared Culver. Now that I'm starting to think about that, that would be a really nice piece to the puzzle, too. Um, And I kind of think, I mean, yeah, I mean, what are they missing? How deep are they at that point? Well, they just they don't have a center in that lineup. But I mean, well, I mean, you have Zion, Ingram, Culver, 
Ball and then Holiday in that scenario. Now, I've been saying for a couple of years now that I think Zion could turn into a Draymond type player, so he could play the five. But I, you know, most teams don't want to start him at the five. But right. whatever, they they can they can make it work. Maybe one of those guys becomes a six man. I mean, obviously Culver, I guess early on would be a six man. But yeah. it seems like I feel I think the Pelicans are probably going to be better this upcoming season. Oh, so, yeah. for some reason, if they keep this team together, I think they're probably going to be better. Oh, that's interesting, right? Because you get remove AD, but you throw a lot more other talent in there. And it's rare that you get a uh, trade that actually seems on paper even that it looks like it works out. But let's flip over to the Lakers side because this is the thing I was tweeting about the other day. Um, okay, they get AD, they get rid of Ball. I, I think that, are, they, are they forced to re-sign Rondo, or, or are they going to try and somehow get uh, like they, they need another? They need a point guard, right? They need someone who can actually create off the dribble uh, in in parallel to what LeBron does. Yeah, I mean Kyrie's not going to be that guy. That's so they gotta they gotta hope that Charlotte doesn't give the supermax to Kemba and then give Kemba the max and tell him you're about to go win the championship next year and become a Hall of Famer. Well, you and just I, talked to, to him uh, in uh, Japan. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, or what? And what do you think? Does, does is Charlotte? I mean, have they even said anything publicly about like what they feel and how they what, how they how they want to treat him? They've been playing it really close to the vest because I think naturally they probably want to not offer the full supermax and be able to offer a little bit less than that. I feel like at this point they just need every single. I, I think Kemba's agent is just going to say supermax or we're gone. Okay, and it's as simple as that. Interesting. Now, now, that also brings up maybe do they try and get like a Bradley Beal who can kind of do both uh, b- both guard positions? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you can get Bradley Beal, sure. Um, I just don't see what they would have to trade at this point. Oh, I'm, the Pel- right. I'm sorry. The Pelicans, the Pelicans could probably trade for Bradley Beal at this point. That would be interesting <laughs> if that's how they flip it. I would love that. Right. Like what? Like a Drew Holiday and something maybe? Or that's actually pretty even. Well, it's kind of close, right? Uh, I mean, Holiday and the number pick, which might be a little bit of an but probably not because I'm extremely high on Beal. But, um, you know, there, there's a lot of potential options. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of anything else Washington even has to offer that would be of value. But, yeah, there's a, they have a lot of potential to make another remarkable move. Okay. Well, I mean, this is really exciting on a lot of fronts, but I, I still feel like with the Lakers, uh, there's a lot of work that, that has to be done now to fill in a lot of holes. And, um, I, you know, I suppose we'll have to get like Eric Pinkett's on here or somebody to go through all the real deep contract stuff because he seems to know that. Because do you know right now off the top of your head if they have uh, what kind of contracts, uh, what kind of uh, calories, salary cap space they have? Are you talking about the Lakers yes. or Lakers? Uh, the Lakers have enough for a max, it looks like. They should really? be around $32 million. Okay, so even with uh, AD on the, on the payroll and LeBron, they have another max slot. I believe so. Okay. All right. Well, that's good for them. Uh, I guess that's what they've been positioning themselves for. And the only question now is, is LeBron going to come back and be his normal LeBron? Is he going to be able to stay healthy again? Uh, you know, all those different things are a real issue for them. Uh, and LeBron ain't, ain't, ain't any younger. Uh, has he had any more success getting anybody to join him on the uh, Space, Man, Space Jam 2 set? I don't know, but I'm sure AD is going to be in Space Jam 2 at yeah, this right. point. It's going to be all, all, the, all the Rich Paul people. Okay. Well, listen, um, Jer- uh, Jared. I don't want to get in the way. You have to go somewhere tonight. Well, we I, I think we got to cover uh, we got to cover the East Coast real quick here because uh, Knicks and Celtics and Nets are pretty highly impacted by this. So okay. we got to go through that real quick. Okay. So I the mean, Knicks thought they were going to get KD, which is another part of this impact because now he, they, uh, we don't know if they're going to try and sign him, uh, even if he's out uh, for a whole year. Uh, what? What's, who else is getting impacted? 
Well, uh, the Nets, I mean, with AD going to the Lakers, if Kemba doesn't get the Supermax, the Nets no longer can really compete with what the Lakers are offering if the Lakers are offering the full max. So, um, But they're going to get I, Kyrie I, anyway, aren't they? Uh, I guess so. So <laughs> it seems like that. It doesn't okay. seem like it's the likelihood of the Celtics keeping Kyrie was already like seeming seemingly low. And it wasn't really clear, you know, if that noise was really going to continue to you know be amplified as we got closer and closer to the draft with AD now out of the picture, the Celtics having no more clear move to make to build themselves up into a ba- major contender. I would imagine Kyrie would prefer to go to Brooklyn if he really does want out of Boston. That's a that's a want out of Boston and a want into um, Brooklyn kind of thing. It's not necessarily a better chance to win a championship thing because the Celtics at this point are more ready made to win a championship. But if the roster is the same, I just don't see how Kyrie would want to you know, be there. But hey, maybe maybe they package your young guys for Bradley Beal in the next few days. Who knows? Who, who the Celtics? Yeah, but it, Bradley Beal's not going to get traded while they don't have a GM. They're going to hire a GM first before they make that move, I assume. Right. What would be the point of hiring the GM yeah. anyway? Uh, we don't know if Masai Ujiri is going to is going to leave uh, the the recently crowned t- title champions. Uh, oh, they better Toronto. they better pay him. They better pay him. Yeah, I think that'd be silly. Yeah. Um, um, okay. So yes, okay. ripple effects all across the league and probably even more because this might even yeah again it's going to affect the uh, free agency of where people are going to go. Uh, if I had a choice or I had a pick, I, it does make sense. I think that uh, I don't know. I think Kemba might want to change the scenery. I think he might simply say, "I gave these guys a bunch of years. It just wasn't really working as well as we wanted it to. I'm going to go to L.A." Uh, I, I could see him easily doing that. And then, well, he told me that was not the case. So I certainly, I mean, oh, really? I, he could he could have been lying, but the I. I said I tweeted this the other day. People like asked a lot of people around the league were asking me like, did Kemba really mean what he said? He was so genuine in the way he was looking in my eye. He is either the greatest liar I've ever seen in my life, or he genuinely meant it. Which I assume obviously is that he genuinely meant it. Uh, but he, it was so apparent how much he he felt what he was okay. saying. So okay, it was it was enough. not like it was not him just like mumbling lip service. Okay, so legit. the Lakers are going to have to resign Rondo. Is what you're saying. <laughs> Which would be amazing to watch. Uh, yeah, we get Rondo. And hey, he and reunites AD. with AD, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Okay, I mean, that's AD, not the worst. But you know, man, do they need like some more shooters? Uh, oh, okay. Forgive me, Lakers fans, because it's Caruso who they think is going to be the guy going to step in on that. Hey, it's summer league legend right there. He's. You know what? I don't mind if he's good, but he's. I, he just hasn't done anything of, of value against like starters. You know, so it's like it, I want to see in the beginning of a year. As a sixth or seventh man, you know, first guard off the bench, let me see him dunk on those guys then. Then we can talk. Uh, but I have not seen that at all, even though, you know, it's a nice story. So uh, they're going to – and besides, you can't have LeBron and AD. They have to bring in the third person. I mean, that's just going to have to be. Now, the question is, is it going to be like that Jimmy Butler kind of thing? Uh, that probably is still on the table, wouldn't you say? Yeah, well, I mean, there's Butler could, could obviously be a potential option there. I just – it seems like it makes way more sense for them to go for a point guard than for Jimmy Butler. Um, yeah. but, but there's nobody else. Yeah. I guess so. Conley? But um, the trade had to be traded. Trade. So. Yeah, and his, his contract yeah. is ridiculous, so that's not happening. So Yeah, 
Yeah. So I think it's a really it's a real challenge because otherwise, you, you know, uh, if it's if it's going to be less than like the Kemba's or the Kyrie's or whatever, that's why they're going to be like, well, we'll have to just sign Jimmy Butler. We just need like a, a name. And that's why I think they get down to that or like even like something random like Tobias Harris uh, instead. I don't know. Um, I just think that the Lakers might end up being disappointed in their in their uh, attempt to assemble a, a team for this year. Yeah, and by the way, I completely forgot this. I should have mentioned this before. Uh, Kemba Walker, his agent is Jeff Schwartz. Guess who else Jeff Schwartz represents? Brandon Ingram. Aha. Uh-huh. They got Brandon out of there as he wanted, and then they bring in Kemba. And Jeff Schwartz, it all works out for him. Okay. And by the way, Bobby so. Marks just tweeted that the Lakers will have either 27.8 or $32.5 million in a room. Because of the, the trade deal. bonus, I assume. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, that's a lot of money, you know, uh, it's so it's enough to probably lure someone to come play with those guys, I think. So um, so we'll see. But again, they're, they're, it's an interesting timing here where I just I just don't know uh, if they're going to be able to, to pry anybody away. So we'll have to find out. Yeah, I, I just need really quickly. I need to know your take on this. LeBron and Anthony Davis fit together. What do you see? Oh, that's a good question. So. Um, you know, I, I guess I mean AD could be the center, right? Is he going to start at center? I would, I would kind of imagine let LeBron play the, 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 the power forward, stretch four. Um, I or think Kuzma. it can work. Um, you know, okay, now I got to run through how AD scores because he gets a lot of post ups. A lot that, of high post elbow touches. Yeah, and we've seen so. that be a problem with LeBron teams before. Like Kevin Love is not a bad example of like never getting elbow touches. Uh, Chris Bosh never getting low post touches in Miami or elbow touches either. To, to like my dismay. So um, I don't know. That's it's interesting. Right now, from what we've seen in the past, it doesn't necessarily feel amazing to me. Does it feel? Well, how does it feel to you? Not it's weird because I you know it's funny LeBron keeps playing with these type of players. I feel like AD is like a more dynamic version of what Chris Bosh was becoming in in Miami with his ability to stretch the floor, ability to put the ball on the floor, and you know and make moves attacking from the elbow. So I mean, there's definitely a blueprint there. And then they of course need. I mean, they could just get Jimmy Butler, who's very Dwayne Wade like, and then I guess they're basically just like replicating what they had in Miami, and yeah, that was except, one of the great teams of all time. Anthony Davis does not have the ability to replicate what Chris Bosh did defensively at their height, and that's I think a big deal. I don't think that's, Anthony Davis moves like that. I don't think he has the intensity to play like that. I mean, Chris Bosh was amazing. I thought uh, in their defensive schemes. Now, no one plays that way anymore, anyway. So it's not like we yeah. we, we would do that. So um, that's so an I, interesting take because everyone, you know, AD defensively is you know up there for all defensive teams everyone looks at him as a great defender i think he is a remarkably talented defender but his 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 motor has not been that good on on that end yet i mean I he mean, can yeah. dominate defensively when he's locked in but he also just kind of watches plays from the weak side a lot of the time so yeah. he needs a little you know maybe and maybe uh who's their coach again now i legit frank vogel yeah. i legitimately forgot who their coach was so maybe frank vogel who has had some great defensive success in the past maybe he's the guy that can really unlock that motor out of AD and make him a truly great player. And, you know, AD is going to be playing for the title most likely, or, you know, playing for as a title contender this year. So I think his motivation should be higher than yeah. ever. I just don't see anything in the same ballpark as what Chris Bosch did, but that's okay. It doesn't, maybe it doesn't have to be that, that intense anyway. So no. uh, a lot of interesting questions, but again, this is not the kind of thing you just try, you try and hammer a square into a circular hole. Uh, they, they 
might end up getting stuck like that again. And uh, so I'm a little bit worried so far. But who knows? This will be this will be um, uh, Rob Palinka's chance to show us something here that he he can salvage what's going on. And that's the one. This is the step in the right direction after what they had gone through the last month and a half of insanity. So we shall it's crazy, see. Crazy man. The Lakers blew everything that they possibly could have blown after they got LeBron, and they somehow they somehow are still going to end up winning. It looks like it's remarkable. All right. And it makes you wonder why did Magic Johnson quit? Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they they pulled off everything you wanted, and he and he left. It's yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah, well, there, there, there's probably more to that story, so we'll find out. Oh, but I Jared, can uh, I got more people to bring on, so uh, enjoy your night, and we will talk to you soon. And now let's bring on Trevor Lane, senior writer for Lakers Nation and host of the Lakers Nation podcast and the NBA front office show. Trevor, pleasure to have you on. We got to get your instant reaction to this trade, AD to LA. Hey, thanks for having me, Coach Nick. Um, yeah, crazy trade that, I mean, finally went down, finally happened. But I know a lot of Lakers fans are a little bit uneasy over what the Lakers had to give up. I mean, that's quite a bit. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, three first-round picks, including the number four overall pick. That's a lot, but still, Anthony Davis, I mean, he's one of the top players. I guess you, you got to do it if you compare him with LeBron James. Was Kyle Kuzma really worth so much that they had to make sure that they didn't get him in that in this trade? You know, I, I don't think it's just Kuzma himself personally, like Kuzma the player. I think it's also Kuzma the contract. I think that matters. He makes under $2 million. And so in building a team out from here, having him stay with the Lakers on such a, a team-friendly deal, um, that's an important piece because now the Lakers are going to have to fill out a lineup around LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and they're going to have a little bit of cap space to do it, but it's still going to be a bit of a challenge. So I understand why it was uh, why it was a priority for the Lakers to keep him, even if it seemed like to to most fans, like keeping a Brandon Ingram or Alonzo Ball should have been a higher priority. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, because especially the point guard position I was tweeting out before is a concern to me. Um, it, it doesn't I don't think they're going to get who they want to get. I don't know if Kemba is going to come. I, don't, I think Kyrie is definitely not going to come anyway. So, you know, are they left to maybe like sign Rajon Rondo? Is that going to be their best case scenario? I think Lakers fans would be uh, would be pretty disappointed if Rajon Rondo was the the way they went. You know, he was fine off the bench, but to ask him to be a starter would be tough. Uh, we do know they're going to target Kemba. You know what? Look, we've been hearing for a while that the Lakers are not at the top of anyone's list for free agency. That Jimmy and Kemba and Kyrie and all these guys are looking elsewhere. But does this change things now? You've got an injured Kevin Durant in Golden State. You've got an injured Klay Thompson, so the West looks wide open. And now you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis together in Los Angeles. Aren't they now a more attractive option if they do still have enough cap space for a, a max offer? So it's going to be really interesting to see how things play out now in free agency and if this changes that whole dynamic. For sure. I mean, it does sound like they're going to have at least $28 million to offer somebody, which is a nice price. But then again, Kemba could get a Supermax or whatever in right. Charlotte and stay there. And uh, as a friend of the breakdown, Jared Weiss reported in when he was with him in Japan, he made it sound like he doesn't want to leave. But I, I would be a little surprised if he didn't at least entertain the offer because they he's been in Charlotte for a while. They've given it the old college try. And I could easily see him saying, you know what, I want to change the scenery, especially now. Um what do you think about the fit on the court? I'm actually doing a video right now about it. I'm kind of my first concern was like, well, Chris Bosh, uh, Kevin Love, they've had it so radically changed their game to play alongside LeBron. But you know what? It didn't matter. They each got championships. So maybe that's not even the point. What do you think? 
I like the way that, that it fits. I think that that uh, Davis is versatile enough to where he can step outside, but he can also be that force in the paint. And you think about where LeBron found a lot of success this season. It was getting into the seams and then dumping the ball off to like a JaVale McGee or an Ingram or somebody like that that was slicing down the lane. Imagine when that's Anthony Davis that's cutting down the lane and then grabbing that pass from, uh, from LeBron. That's going to be a whole different kind of animal coming at teams. So I think it should work out pretty well. LeBron is a very unselfish player Anthony Davis can certainly do his thing sure there's going to be some growing pains it's not going to be seamless but still um, I do like the fit overall let's look at the starting lineup for a second because okay we know I guess Kuzma starting LeBron is starting Anthony Davis is I'm pretty sure he'll start yeah Um, I'd imagine and so that's three we got a point guard that maybe we can leave that one blank for right now only because you know we don't really know what's gonna happen because they definitely Mm -hmm. are in the market for that so what's left here to, to start alongside those three I mean, as far as who's on the roster, it's, it's not anyone who's on the roster right now, right? Because the only other players that are left are going to be uh, Mo Wagner and Isaac Bonga. And I don't think you're starting either one of those guys at, at this point. Uh, the, maybe they hang on to Alex Caruso. They have him on, he has a, um, an option here where the Lakers could give him a qualifying offer and keep him around, but he's more of a backup. So really, they're going to have to go fill those remaining two starting spots in free agency. And I'm sure they've already got some ideas of who they're going to target. But yeah, whoever they, they're going to get, I don't think is actually on the roster at the moment. Right. And I do feel like, you know, it's going to be the second tier. Like, uh, I mean, T- Tobias Harris doesn't really fit, but like, that's the kind of right. guy I feel like they're going to get. I don't even know if Jimmy Butler, uh, I mean, it seems like that would be the one guy they could probably, they were going to get after all the other people fell in line. But um, I don't know uh, because they need two. So that now we're talking about, like you mentioned, they don't have enough cap room to get like, you know, two legit starters out of the free agent heap, right? No, I mean, well, what they could do is if um, they could blow all their cap space on one person, like same with Jimmy Butler, and then you're still going to have the room exception. So that's going to give you a little bit more than $4 million to go spend on someone else. And this is where you'd have to be hoping that players will take a little bit of a discount to come team up on what should be a championship caliber team, or at least be a, a contender. And so they would have to fill that spot there. And then from then, it's just it's minimum contracts from there on out. So, look, you know, landing Anthony Davis was a was a huge coup for for the Lakers. Obviously, to land a guy of his caliber to pair with LeBron James is amazing. But where we're really going to find out just how good Rob Palenka is, is from here out out and how he manages a limited amount of cap space to build the team. Landing Anthony Davis was a big move. But now we're going to find out just how savvy Rob really is. Well, you know, the other thing that's looming in the background, not to like pee on the parade, but, uh, you know, Anthony Davis is going to be a free agent next year. So how crucial is it for them to really do well in the front office to nail these things to keep him unless he wants to leave after next year? Yeah, I mean, it certainly is crucial. And the Lakers know in recent history what happens when you think you have a guy that's going to stick around in Dwight Howard, and then he doesn't. They leave after after a year and you lose all those assets for nothing. Uh, we know Davis is not going to sign an extension. He is instead going to become a free agent in 2020. He makes more money that way. The Lakers have been given, from what we've heard, uh, Chris Haynes of Yahoo was, was reporting this, that um, the Lakers have been given some assur- assurances that um, that they are he is going to stick around. But you never know. Things can change between now and then. I mean, hey, last October, Kyrie Irving was saying he was definitely staying with the Celtics, and now it uh, doesn't seem to be the case. So you never know what can happen. They're going to have to make sure they build the team the right way, and they're going to have to build a true contender and, and show Anthony Davis that he should indeed stick around in 2020. Well, uh, Trevor, that was a very clear and concise breakdown to exactly what I'm sure all the Lakers fans are feeling and the Lakers nation themselves. So thank you so much for breaking that down for us. And uh, we'll have to check back in with you to find out how this all plays out the next time the next person they sign.
Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks for having me. And on the show now is Will Guillory of The Athletic. He covers the Pelicans. Will, I'm glad I could catch you on this Saturday night emergency pod. Um, you know, let's get your first impressions of this trade. Man, I, I feel like it's really a win for both sides. I, I think, you know, we've known for a really, really long time that the Lakers were all in on getting Anthony Davis. That was the, the star they wanted to pair with LeBron James in L.A. Uh, I think it would have been really tough for them if this, this negotiation lasted through the draft and into free agency. So getting it done now, uh, I think, is a, a huge win for them. And for the Pelicans, I think getting so much for AD, I think that was their biggest goal. They wanted, they knew they were giving away a huge asset and they wanted to feel like they were getting a lot in return and getting young guys like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball along with what seems like what may end up being a lot of picks from the Los Angeles Lakers. You have to feel pretty good, and now they're in a position where they kind of control their destiny going into the draft and into free agency. Well, you know, here's a question. Why didn't this trade get done during the year last year? Well, I think first off, uh, the Pelicans just felt like that they were in a position to, to – put more teams into the negotiation if they waited until the summer, obviously with Boston and the questions about Kyrie Irving. Yeah. We didn't know back then that it looked like he was going to be a sure thing out of the door. But, you know, if Kyrie Irving stayed around, then they would have been a team that, that would have been a real contender to trade for AD. And I think Jason Tatum was a guy, the Pelicans front office valued as much as anybody that was out there. So the, the potential of him being a guy that could trade AD for, I know it's something they were excited about, but uh, the fact that Kyrie seems like he's on his way out, uh, Boston made it pretty much a, a L.A. Lakers or bust type of situation. And considering that, to see how much David Griffin ended up getting out of them, I mean, that's a pretty big win because it was pretty much just the Lakers and that was it as far as the legit contenders to get A.D. So you got to feel pretty good about it. And then also, you know, they had no clue they were going to end up getting Zion Williamson out of this either. So uh, that makes you feel uh, – very good about this situation as well. You got that big haul, and then you're going to add it to Zion Williamson. Uh, you got to feel pretty good about the future of this team uh, post Anthony Davis. For sure. Uh, you're right. That probably makes the most sense is once they realize how the draft is going to align, that gave them some leeway to like maybe, okay, we got number one, they got number four, we can take those, and then we can deal. Because, you know, it sounded like the Lakers were offering even more than what they gave up now uh, earlier. And, it, you know, and it, it blew up the Lakers season for, for all the talk that happened out of it. So it just was so strange to me thinking about it. But it makes sense. So um, and you mentioned what, it yeah. before, but them getting the number four pick as well is huge because the Pelicans, it seems like they're going to be shopping that number four pick as well. So we see this deal now, but it may end up being even, even bigger if the Pelicans are able to move that number four pick and get a legit name guy or maybe get, get a few more assets they can move into the future. So this is an ongoing thing. And then not only the Pels getting the number one pick, but the Lakers getting the number four pick, I think it was a huge deal in this entire negotiation as well. Okay. Well, now to follow that train of thought, like what kind of free agent are we talking about here that they're looking for? Number four isn't the most valuable pick. So who do we think? Yeah, I think that's a big question. I think getting uh, obviously the the guy everybody wants to go after is Bradley Beal. It seems like that's the next kind of starish guy that's going to be available. Or with all of the questions about the Washington Wizards, I'm not sure if the Pelicans have enough assets currently to go after a guy like that. But I think that's the type of dream that this team wants to have is to go after guys like that. And the only way you could do it is if you could throw a bunch of assets at the wall and see if it'll stick. And I think that's what David Griffin wants to do is just have as much flexibility as possible for whenever one of these guys become available, he can be in the mix. And I think that's the, the main goal. And 
I'm not really sure about exact guy they can get. Maybe they don't get a guy this year, but they, the fact that they have all of these assets, they can be in the game going forward now. Yeah, I would almost think that, you know, they could trade Drew Holiday in the number four pick for Bradley Beal. That's pretty, I think that would be pretty close to being fair, don't you? Yeah, but I, I also think that Drew Holiday is a guy that they really don't want to move at this point just because uh, not only what he brings on the court, but in the locker room. I think that's the guy he, that they feel like is going to keep this whole thing together post Anthony Davis. And I, I think we saw him do that during the season. Obviously, this team struggled and went in the win-loss column, but it could have been a lot uglier than it was in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And I think they give a bunch of that credit to Drew Holiday and just the, his steady approach every single day. And I think that's a guy you want to be around guys like – Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, young guys that are trying to find their legs in this league to have a steady veteran who kind of can help them along the way. I think that's that's the perfect type of guy they want leading this team. And Drew Holiday is somebody they're going to invest in big time going forward. Okay, f- fair enough. Uh, that's good to hear. I mean, I like Drew Holiday. And again, I'm trying to think if, if, like, if you get Bradley Beal, is that even uh, a huge upgrade or not? I mean, I think it is a little bit, but almost maybe not, not worth it. Or certainly maybe worth just to see how, it wor- how this team goes. What's the starting five as we see it now? Yeah, I think you'd have to go Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, uh, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson at the four, and maybe Jaleel Okafor at the five. Maybe they consider bringing Julius Randle back and starting him at the five. I'm not a big fan of that idea just because of the defensive uh, deficiencies he has and his size. But I think uh, you can kind of be flexible at that five spot just because of the, the defensive prowess Zion brings as a shot blocker and a rebounder and also the length with Brandon Ingram at the three. I think they're going to be flexible to do some different things at the five. But having that base four of Lonzo, Drew, Ingram, and Zion, I think that's a pretty good start. I agree. I'm excited. I mean, you can argue that they're better. Um, I don't know if they're better, but maybe they're not worse, right? At the very least, they're more balanced. Uh, they have more guys. Before, it was pretty much the Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis show every single night. And, you know, Julius Randle had some good stretches last year. Nikola Miritich was hot uh, a few different times. But now, you, uh, one thing for sure is that Brandon Ingram is the best wing uh, this team has had in I don't know how long. I mean, when was the last time the, the New Orleans Pelicans had a, a three man that can go get you 25? I, I don't know. Maybe Jamal Bashburn? Uh, we oh, go back wow. that far? So. So I think that's a great start. And then having a backcourt like Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday, I think they're going to fit perfect uh, together in that Alvin Gentry up-and-down system. And obviously that's the, the, the perfect type of system you want to put Lonzo in. Uh, so I think at the very least it's going to be a more balanced team, a, a more uh, fun team to watch, and a team that really fits into the style of play Alvin Gentry wants to put in with it. You know, obviously his Phoenix background and Golden State and all that type of that same type of system he wants to put in here. For sure, you know, I, I just kind of I've been hearing like maybe Jared Culver would be available number four if they don't get rid of that pick, but it'd be I think it'd be nice if they could find a, a Capella uh, out there somewhere to draft who is you know long and and doesn't have to score at all, but it can just play defense that. That seems to me the one mm-hmm. thing that they would that would solidify this this group and really make them better. Yeah, I think one guy a lot of people kind of see in that mode is the big guy out of Texas, Jackson Hayes. I'm not sure he was somebody you want to jump at at four. He would probably be available, you know, probably in the 10 to 15 range. Maybe you you trade back with Atlanta and get eight and 10, uh, or maybe eight, 10, and 17. Uh, I don't know if they'd be willing to do that for number four. But, uh, you know, you can kind of have that flexibility to make that type of move. Uh, I would wonder what you would think about one of these wing guys like Jared Culver, uh, 
DeAndre Hunter or even Cam Reddish, uh, another Duke guy, how, how, do you think it'll be worth taking those guys knowing that they will be sitting behind Zion or Brandon Ingram or just a matter of just get the assets in and make it work uh, going into you know later in the future? I mean, I, I really like Culver. I think he could be a really good pro. I think he could be a sixth man and, and not have to really sacrifice too much as a rookie to get his uh, feet wet. So, um, so he definitely would be up there. Uh, and, and, you know, I like I, I think where they are right now, I don't know if they have to be in the win now mode anyway. So I like the idea of like, right. let's, let's let these guys develop a little bit uh, and see what you get. And maybe, you know, you can you'll, you'll keep your salary cap in order that way and have more flexibility, which I'm sure is what David Griffin wants. So um, I would be a little bit wary to make like too many crazy changes right away. I mean, unless something amazing materializes. But again, I just don't know if they have at this point. Who knows? I mean, get, listen, they got a bunch of first round picks now. Uh, some of them could be pretty valuable at some point. Um, but, yeah, it seems to me what they need right now is like is that guy who's like, you know, 6'10", 6'11", 7-footer who can run and who can play, you know, really hard on defense. Um, I don't even know who that is, right? I'm trying to think of people who are in the draft right now. I don't know if anyone really fits that bill. I mean, maybe I'm just throwing stuff off the top of my head. Uh, I don't even know if this is a real possibility, but uh, you mentioned a, a Clint Capella type. What about Clint Capella himself? Uh, you know, the Houston Rockets are kind of thrown out there that maybe they'll have a few of those guys available. Do you think uh, the Pelicans, mm-hmm. New Orleans, uh, the Pelicans, Houston, would that make some type of sense of uh, them going after Capella? Or do you think that contract wouldn't necessarily make sense with their current timeline? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I think the, the, the contract probably fits okay with what they have now uh, with the contracts, but um, I, 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 it's hard to picture Houston making that trade anyway to uh, you know Western Conference mm-hmm. rival, uh, helping them. Uh, I, I, again, what would they give Houston that would make it really great? And then who would, who would, who would Houston play at that position because he fits so well for them? So... I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't really – I can't picture that right now, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, but I do think you're exactly right. That's the type of guy they need, that rim-running big uh, five that can kind of take up space in the paint, get rebounds. I think that's the exact guy they need. And like I said before, I think Julius Randle is a guy that had a great season last year. I know uh, he was excited about the idea of coming back here and kind of building on what he did, but now you know, looking at the pieces they currently have, I don't know how he necessarily fits. And if he, he would be the exact kind of guy you want to play next to Ingram and Zion. Maybe you want a uh, more of a less usage guy, a guy more focused on, you know, protecting the rim, getting boards rather than scoring. So it'll be really interesting to see how David handles that. But uh, the good thing for him is that, you know, the mission is, is much smaller, I guess uh, you can say. And now that it's not so much and so many questions around Anthony Davis, now you have this roster. It's just a matter of, finding the right role guys rather than the, the right big names. I think he's hit on uh, most of the big names so far, especially bringing in Zion. That's about finding those smaller pieces to, to complement them. For sure. Well, uh, we'll have to keep our eye on it. I can't wait to see what you're going to write about uh, in The Athletic. I'm sure you're probably knee-deep on your uh, into the weeds right now trying to come up with a good article. So I'll let you get to it. But thank you, Will, for coming on and breaking it down for us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And to cap it off, let's bring in another athletic writer, or he's a writer for The Athletic, if you will. He's Mike Vorkanoff, and you're on with me and Jared. Yeah, no, I'm happy to, although I'd like to say I do think I am an athletic writer as well. Ah, very good to make sure we get that straightened out. So, you know, what's your first reaction to get a, kick it all off here of this massive trade of uh, Anthony Davis to uh, the Lakers and what the Pelicans were got in return? I mean, my, my first reaction is basically, all right, the Lakers got their white whale finally, right? Uh, that trade negotiation basically capsized their season since the end of January. 
they finally got it done. And so they can move into next year knowing that they, you know, I don't know, they won't ruin the, the rest of LeBron James's prime with Anthony Davis. Uh, and so for the, for the Pelicans, it's, it's pretty good, pretty good deal. Don't you think like now they have Lonzo ball, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Drew holiday still there. I like Josh Hart. Who knows what they do with that number four pick, whether they make the pick or they trade it, but they have like the beginnings of a rebuild, but they don't have to fall that far down. I mean, that's a good place to be. I feel like David Griffin did a good job. So Mike, the Pelicans, they are pretty stacked at this point. Do you see them falling or do you see them actually getting better this upcoming season? Like what's the next leap for them? I don't know. I, I mean, like record wise, it might be a little tough. I, I feel like they were in a good spot before Anthony Davis went down and that got all weird. Basically is the best way I can put it, but I can see them making a play for that eighth seed in the playoffs. Can't you, if Brandon Ingram comes back, okay. From his surgery, Lonzo ball gets freed up a little bit. Um, Zion seems NBA ready to some degree. And I don't know, you know, whatever the fourth pick brings, it's depending on youth a lot. And um, that's always dangerous. Uh, but I, I don't know. I could see them making a play for that eighth seed. They just have so much more depth, I guess, this year than last year. Than, and, and I think that should play to their benefit in the regular season. I, I mean, the thing is, I would say it depends on whether or not they keep Drew Holiday. I just don't know if Drew Holiday is going to get them commensurate trade value that they're looking for. But, um, I mean, they – they could trade him for something really good. They could package him with the number four pick to get something really, really good. Um, I mean, there's other guys that could hit the market. Obviously, Bradley Beals, I feel like the next guy that we're looking at as potentially hitting the market. But the, the Pelicans just have so many great places to pivot from here. They're just in like the perfect position after they won the Zion. Uh, Zion. Um, but I guess we do have to pivot since you're the Knicks writer. We got to pivot over towards the Knicks for a little while here. And the big thing is we have Kemba Walker's career very much up in the air as far as where is he going to go because he obviously wants that Supermax from Charlotte because they can pay so well. But if he's not getting that Supermax, the Lakers are very, very much in play at this point. I would assume they'd be the favorite to get him. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, it would make the best situation for him. Um, I I don't think he's ever in his life expressed an interest in coming to play in New York, at least what he said publicly. He's always said he loves New York, but it's never translated to even the, like, milk toast thing where New York guys say, oh, you know, at some point I'd like to play there in my career. Um, and, and I think, you know, the Knicks offseason is kind of in flux right now with Kevin Durant being hurt for next year. So whoever, if they can get another star, if they sign Durant and they get another star to play alongside him, you kind of have to take on a situation where you know you might not be a playoff team next year. And I I feel like that would make them less competitive in all these free agent pitches. With the Lakers now, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis is a pretty pretty good place to be. And Los Angeles obviously has its own awards, as it does for NBA players. I I would assume if it's not Charlotte, um, the Lakers, uh, they got to be their landing spot. You would know best of all, Jared, after, you know, breaking bread with him in Tokyo. What, What do you think? That's right. Brett, breads were broken. And I mean, he he was pretty clear that he definitely wants to stay in Charlotte because he's really happy there because he can kind of maintain the status quo in his career, which is going really well. And most importantly, get that fifth year guarantee to get that super max money. But it, if the Hornets, well, and, you know, when he was saying that there was no team that he could join and create probably the best team in the NBA, which he can do at this point with the Lakers. So. I mean, I, that, that I don't was know always much, out there, though. It was well, sure, but there it wasn't as 
it wasn't uh, tangible the way that it is now. I mean, now it's like literally he is now it's up to him to make that call. I still think that if he gets the full supermax from Charlotte, he'll probably stay there. But this is if he's not if he's getting let, let's say Charlotte gives him maybe like halfway to what they can offer over the Lakers. I feel like for him, he has a potential to really become a Hall of Fame player and win titles with the Lakers. I would I would do it if I'm him without question. Yeah, I think that's a good a good point. Is where is that a break point for him? We still aren't sure exactly if Charlotte is willing to go all in on the max and um, you know two twenty one versus one forty, and so it's like okay, how much is it worth for him to stay in Charlotte if he doesn't get the full max? Like, where's his number there? And, and you know, God forbid we all become accountants after a second. We have to take in California tax rates relative to North <laughs> Carolina tax rates and all that. But I think it's just there. It's like part of it, I feel like, and maybe this is kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm projecting myself, but it, I feel like salary is always part of an ego thing too, right? Um, what you earn is where you stand relative to all your peers in the NBA. So how much of a haircut he's willing to take on the max, if that's where Charlotte goes with him, I feel like that'll play into it too. Uh, I definitely think that last variable is something that probably won't matter as much to Kemba. I think for Kemba, it's, I think, number one is probably just having a, a legacy and relationship at the place where he's truly happy, as well as obviously getting paid. Uh, and then I think winning is probably kind of like 1A or I guess 1B to that. Uh, so if, if he feels confident in the situation with the Lakers, I would imagine that would check the boxes for him more than anything. Yeah, that makes sense. And look, you consider you know, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Kemba Walker all on the same team, and Kyle Kuzma still there as well, which is no small point. Uh, for now. That's, that's, well, yeah, you're right for now, but it seems like they were adamant about not including him in a trade in the Anthony Davis trade, so they seem to like him a lot. Like, that's a pretty good, you know, foursome there, especially with who knows what's going to happen to the Warriors next year. We know that they won't be the super team they've been. I feel it would be pretty easy to say that the Lakers favorites out in the West then, if all that comes to fruition. Well, Mike, I have an interesting question for you to pivot a little bit. Um, with Kevin Durant being out for the whole season next year, uh, do you think the Knicks uh, would even try and, and sign him anyway for a multi-year deal? I think so. Um, you know, that's I, I've talked to a few people around the NBA, and they seem to think that's the way they're going to go, too. And to some degree, it seems like they might be a little pot committed uh, in a sense, just how long they've been tied to him and how long they've been interested in, in him. And I think I have a story coming up in the next few days somewhere in the athletics. New York, um, that says that they should try to sign him anyway. Like that's, I, I think that's the way to go. You're, you're willing to take a wash on 2019-20. Um, it can work out for them as another rebuild year. At least that way they know they have Kevin Durant coming, not the insinuation of it, not the rumors of it. You know he's coming in the fall of 2020, and that gives them a year to develop their young guys, see what they have, and R.J. Barrett and Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson, and go from there, and then try to make a play at you know some um, forlorn star next summer, and I think Anthony Davis has said pretty clearly that he's going to hit free agency. That's what Rich Paul says. So the hopes of getting him are not altogether dead either. Oh, my goodness gracious. Are you, are, are you trying to imply that he'll, he could leave the Lakers after a year? I know it's crazy. Los Angeles is pretty attractive. But I understand it's been done before. It's been done before at least once or twice, I think. People have left Los Angeles and... I think we can pretty safely say that it's not the most stable organization at the moment. So uh, he finally got to L.A. Let's see how he likes Los Angeles. 
Okay, fair enough. Well, being an Angelino, I, I'm sure there's lots of uh, things he'll find that he'll like. So uh, anyway, I suppose, uh, you know, as we just reflect on this real quickly, um, what's the biggest ripple we're going to know? We talked a lot about Cambo, we talked about, you know, AD and all these different things. What's the biggest ripple that's next? What's going to fall next, do you think, in terms of the free agency and stuff? To me, it was always interesting to see where AD went because I thought that would have a lot of influence on where Kyrie and Kevin Durant went. Um, so that's what I was watching for. I feel like whoever acquired him would have a good chance of getting one of those two guys. And I think that still stands. Like, now he goes out to L.A. Okay. Durant, Irving, they both know they can't play with Anthony Davis next year. That takes away one potential star that they can team up with. How does that affect what their choice is going to be? And I, it's so crazy right now because the Durant injury basically – I don't know, changing everything we know about the league and how we imagine it would go in the next, you know, 30 days or so. That It's so hard to predict, and I think we're everyone's still kind of digesting that to some degree. But I think if Davis had gone to Boston or if, say, the Knicks had somehow put together the mother load offer for him, I think that would have been kind of a clue of where, say, Durant would go or Kyrie would go or if the Nets had been able to get him. Now, I don't know. I think it shows how much everything is up in the air leading to free agency for those other guys. Fair enough. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on here and weighing in on that, giving us some interesting uh, uh, more insight into what happens across the rest of the NBA. So, uh, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see, but uh, good stuff. So there you have it, sports fans. This is just the tip of the iceberg for what promises to be an absolute insane offseason. One domino down, the rest to go. And don't forget, a b-ball breakdown, not a channel, we're a conversation. You win, 